You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Okay, Pete Weatherburn, the vet piece uh, is from the Old Connor Road. It's uh, the Bray Vet Clinic. He's in there uh, working very hard most of the time when he's not skiving off down here at East Coast <laughs> FM. He's got a website which is called PeteTheVet.com and you're very welcome. Thanks for coming in, Pete. Good morning, Declan. And you were just saying to me there that uh, during the week you came across a, a situation uh, in Cork uh, that you heard about with... Uh, particular nasty virus um, uh, coming out in a dog. So, what, what's the story? Many viruses are out there for dogs. Well, there's not that many very serious viruses and nearly everybody who's listening will have heard of the one which I'm talking about. It's parvovirus. Um, now, the story with parvovirus is that originally, back in the 1960s, it was a virus that caused just mild diarrhea in dogs and it wasn't a big deal. But then what happened in the, in the late 70s and 80s, it mutated and a new genetic variant came out which caused devastating bloody vomiting diarrhea in dogs and heart disease as well. And basically something like 90% of dogs that got, this, got power virus died. And people in, in the area might remember that at that time there were epidemics around here where, where literally dozens of dogs were dying and it was terrible. And what happened was that the, the animal health companies brought out vaccinations and they were really effective at protecting dogs. And so, I suppose since the 80s, what's that, nearly, well, it's 30, over 30 years now, people have got used to vaccinating their pets, their puppies, and then giving their, their adult dogs um, booster vaccinations. And so parvovirus really hasn't been seen very much. We still see, we probably see maybe one case every every three, three months or something, um, a puppy that's not been given its vaccinations yet, that's been exposed to it somehow. So we still see it occasionally, and unfortunately it nearly always kills them, so it's, it's, it's a big challenge. But the, the problem in Cork seems to be somebody who's got eight dogs and all of the eight dogs got struck down with this illness and um, um, it's not been confirmed as power virus but it certainly sounds just like it. And the symptoms are? Symptoms are, first of all, they get a bit of a high temperature and become dull and then they develop um, really serious gastrointestinal upset. That means vomiting and, and blood-stained diarrhoea um, and um, it's a very painful condition for the animals. They really suffer um, during it. And the, the biggest issue for us vets is that it's almost impossible to treat effectively. You can try all sorts of things, intravenous fluids, even blood transfusions, um, antibiotics, pain relief. Lots of stuff can be done and some dogs survive. But in the, in the, in the, the, the case that's happening in, the, uh, in, in Cork, I, I don't know what the story is right now, but I know that at least one dog has died and the rest has still been treated. Now, at the same time as I heard that story, story, um, I'm on an email discussion group with a bunch of Irish vets and some of the Irish vets on the discussion group actually live in other countries. So there's an Irish vet living in Australia who, who gets involved in chats from time to time and she was telling us how she's in her local town, they've just had an outbreak of, of parvovirus, a real epidemic where over 20 dogs have been affected all across the town and they've been using social media to put maps up between the different vets in the town, showing everybody exactly where the different cases lived. And you can see them. It's almost like a, you know, like a radiation fallout, you know, concentric circles from the centre. You can see, you can actually look at how the virus is spreading across the town. And um, so the story is, you see, that um, once everybody vaccinates their dogs regularly, then um, 
the virus can't have any impact because even if one animal was affected, because the animals around it are, are, are vaccinated and protected, the virus can't spread. But once less than 70% of the dogs in an area are not vaccinated, less than 70%, then the virus can spread to dog to dog and so you can get an epidemic. And the concern that people have now is that because it's been a long time since we had a big epidemic of power virus. The risk is that people get so blasé that they stop bothering to, to vaccinate their pets and next thing you get less than 70% of dogs in the area affected. A virus happens to come in and you have an epidemic. And the terrible thing is, you see, that it's not like an illness that where dogs can be saved. Once they get it, you know, the, the, the curtains are closing. You're, you're in real trouble trying to save their life. Um, and the Australian That's serious. The Australian outbreak, um, something like 80% of the dogs have died, despite absolutely everything being done in an effort to save them. So that, that's why, that's, it's, it's a really clear example. So where we are at the moment, a panic in everybody is... Yeah. Just make sure your dog's vaccinated up to date. Right. And, and vaccination recommendations... This hasn't been confirmed as that virus, but it looks like it in Cork. It looks like it in Cork. That doesn't mean it's going to spread to County Wicklow, for goodness sake. It just means that, you know, the virus is, is likely to be doing the rounds. And, with, you know, um, it's just a matter of time for at some stage we do. Now, Vaccination recommendations have changed in t over the last number of years. And it used to be that um, you'd have to get a, a puppy vaccinated and then when the puppy reaches a year of age, you give it a boost of vaccination and then every year you give it an annual boost of vaccination. And that's what used to be recommended. Um, what they say now with parvovirus is that the you still have to give the puppy vaccines, you still have to give the one-year vaccines. Um, but for parvovirus specifically, um, you have to give it every three years. Um, now, three years is such a long time that it's quite difficult for people to remember that. And so it would be quite easy, I would imagine, that four years or five years, six years go by, your dog looks pretty healthy, you go, oh, well, and you don't bother. And that's why they've had problems in Australia. Now, after me saying that, I also need to say that the other disease that we... One of the other diseases that we vaccinate against is leptospirosis that dogs can pick up from rats. And that vaccine, vaccine does need to be given every year. So although I'm saying that the, the license for parvovirus vaccinations says every three years is sufficient, if people, if their dogs are in contact with, with rats or going where rats go, they should still get a boost of vaccination from the vet once a year. But really, the, I suppose the take-home message for folk really is you should be taking your dog to the vet once a year for a checkover and discuss vaccinations with your vet. And your vet will make sure that your dog is properly protected. Um, I mean, our job as vets is to protect animals. And so it's important that we get that information out there. Right. A text that says, what about the different strains of Parvo? Mm. How do you vaccinate for that? Yeah, well, there's not that many different strains. There was the original strain in the 60s that was relatively harmless. Then a new genetic variant came in in the 70s and another one came in in the 80s. But since then, there haven't been many new strains. So the, the vaccinations cover everything that needs to be covered. And that's really all pe people need to worry about. Yeah. Mm. Um, my old dog, oh, poor old dog, mm. uh, at 14, uh, is getting troublesome and homesick when put into kennels. What can I do? Mm, difficult, because old dogs do get quite needy. Um, you know, they like their usual routine. They don't like being taken out of that usual routine. Um, I think the best you can do is to mimic home as much as possible. Give them some of your old clothes that you wear that you know, they haven't washed, so there's, your scent is at least with the dog. Um, see if they'll engage with toys, like you can get um, 
Kong type toys or the new ones, canine connectables, where you stuff, you put food into the toys and give them to the dog instead of feeding their food in a bowl. And that means they spend their time kind of trying to get the, the food out of the, out of the toy and they don't have so much time to fret. Um, I think also you could consider, um, talk to the, the dog kennels about possibly dogs being homed uh, or being sharing accommodation that can work well. Um, if there's a dog that your dog gets on well with, they could they could share a space, a living space. And the last possibility, I suppose, is to think about having a pet sitter. Or, or there's a, a really good website called housemydog.com. That's house as in h o u s e mydog.com. And um, if you go to that website, you'll find a whole bunch of people in the area who um, want and are prepared and are good at taking dogs in their own home. So, in other words, instead of your dog going to a boarding kennel, your dog will go and stay in somebody else's house. But that's not the same thing, though. If if a dog is out of its routine and it, mm. it's in a different house... It's still, it's still I think, it's, likely to be better than, a, than yeah. a typical boarding kennel in the sense that, you know, it would be... Have, have the free ability to maybe to to walk around the house, to go into the garden, and to to to, to interact with people on a continual basis. So it'd be a, a different kind of environment to a typical boarding kennel. That's not to say. I mean, there are some fantastic boarding kennels where where they really it's like going to stay. It's in the probably just the older the dog with the routine, isn't it? That sort of, as you say, at the older they get, the more maybe crotchety they get, or the more they want to, their home comforts or whatever. And and the last possibility, I guess, is there's another website, Trusted House Sitter dot com. Trusted House Sitters dot no Trusted Pet Sitters dot com. Trusted Pet Sitters dot com, where somebody actually comes to your house and looks after the animals as well as looking after your house. Actually, it's trustedhousesitters.com. That's what it is, trustedhousesitters.com. You go to that website, you'll find you offer your house and your pets um, for somebody to look after them. And somebody, usually from overseas, who'd like to visit Ireland, they come, they visit Ireland, they stay in your house, they, they cherish your pet while they're in your house, uh, and um, they don't pay you any money, and you don't pay them any money, and it's just like a trade thing. So that's another idea. <laughs> so there's, a, there's a few possibilities there. You've done that, haven't you, abroad? Yeah, I, I've done it a few times, actually, overseas. I, I minded a lovely golden retriever in a French chateau last year. It was great fun. Um, and the dog, it was great for the dog. He was an older dog, right enough, and he didn't have to budge. His owners went away, but he stayed exactly where he was, under the kitchen table, and, um, you know, meandering around the yard, the yard um, and yeah, he had a nice time. So but you're in somebody's house, you know, as such. Yeah. I mean, what's that feeling like, you know? Well, I suppose it's like staying with a friend, only the friend's not there, isn't it? Yeah. People are set up for that. They don't mind that these days. Really, yeah? Yeah, the sharing economy and all that stuff. Yeah, okay, <laughs> right. And in a lovely part of France, I suppose. Yeah, we were down near Bordeaux. We've done it, we've done it to... There was a, a, a mountain villa in Greece, in Crete, the year before. And we've done a few like that. It's, it's, if you like animals and you like um, spending time with animals, then you know, having to look after one when you're on holidays isn't a burden. It's actually quite enjoyable. I, I, I liked meeting those animals and I like taking them for walks. And yeah, I miss my own pets when I'm away. Right, okay. A huh? uh, question here. It's Pete Weatherburn, our vet, at petethevet.com. How long would a dog live after getting leptospirosis? Leptospirosis. Yeah. Well... Let's and this is from Pauline. And what are the symptoms to look out for? Well, symptoms of leptospirosis are basically a high temperature um, and liver and kidney failure. So, so basically, the, the, the leptospira bug, which is in rat urine, or also in dog urine if they have it, and indeed it can be passed on to humans too, um, 
it, it, the, the bug settles into the liver and kidneys and it damages them. And so you get all the signs of liver and kidney failure. So that would mean vomiting, diarrhea, um, just being extremely unwell, I suppose. Um, and again, there's a high mortality rate and they need intensive care. So it's a disease that's best prevented. Mm. And uh, there's probably lots of rats around, is there? I mean, that's, well, isn't I, that what they're saying? It's... It, I think it's we're we're asked often should up should my dog be vaccinated against leptospirosis, and I would say to people, well, does a dog ever come into contact with places where rats are? And I think probably most Irish dogs are in contact with where rats are because if you think about it, if you go in the local park, there'll be ditches in your own garden. There might be uh, um, rats under the shed. Just like um, there's lots of rats in Ireland, and unless your dog is like an apartment dog or you know, which you carry around and maybe just walk on pavements, then that would be the exception rather than the rule. The rule is that Irish dogs probably meet rats fairly regularly or go to the same places that rats have been. So that means that I think on average, um, all Irish dogs should be vaccinated against leptospirosis. Right. So, and is there an all-in-one for all these? Well, there is, you see. That, uh, and uh, like, I mean, kennel cough is included as well, but that's the thing they shove down their nose. or you should. That's a separate vaccine that's yeah. only needed when, it's, when, when, when adults going to be in a risk situation like boarding kennels or training classes. But, I mean, basically there's four diseases that all dogs need to be vaccinated against. That's leptospirosis and parvovirus that we've talked about, but also distemper and hepatitis. And... All puppies, vets routinely vaccinate all puppies against those diseases. Um, and as well as that, um, the annual vaccination used to cover all four diseases. Um, in recent years, with vaccine developments, the, the, um, the components against three of those diseases, as in parvo, hepatitis and distemper, the vaccine lasts for longer than just one year. So nowadays, vets will often say, look, you only need to give that, that one every three years. So you have lepto every year and then every three years you, you have the combined vaccine against all of them right. but every vet you, has a different kind of um, routine and the best thing is to talk to your own vet because they'll be aware of the risks in your area okay one last thing you never mentioned rabies there at all no we don't vaccinate against rabies in Ireland because we don't have rabies in Ireland the only time you use that vaccine is if somebody's going to be travelling overseas um, to the UK or to, or to Europe where, where they have to have vaccination as part of their legal requirements other than that, and, and, and that also just needs to be given every three years. Mm. Okay. So All vaccination right. is it's a complicated subject, but, um, you know, it is important to get it right. Um, all the diseases you vaccinate against, you vaccinate because they're life-threatening. And so, you know, it's way better to give a simple injection to a healthy animal than to wait until the animal is struck down by some horrible illness, you know. That's why you vaccinate. It's really simple. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much indeed, okay. uh, Pete Weatherburn, our vet, uh, discussing vaccinations uh, this morning and uh, poor old elderly dogs getting homesick away on their holidays. All right. Thanks very much indeed for that. If you want to hear this broadcast again, it's uh, on Pete's website, which is petethevet.com. And if you drop along to Old Connor in Bray, if you want to have a chat in person with them to the Bray Veterinary Clinic.